Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. And I just want to come to the Word of God this morning, and I just want to pray. Father, I just praise we come to your Word today, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, that we can hear, Lord, just a word from you that can help us in this week. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. In this period, a lot of us are going for the coronavirus checkups. And, uh, you know, it's April, May 2020, and it's been high on the agenda that we go and get ourselves tested if we've got a sniffle or whatever. One of my friends went recently because he had the flu, and he said it was one of the most remarkable experiences that he had. He goes to the centre opens his mouth and they put this big swab right in the back of their mouth and he he kind of gags and gets over that. And then they get this kind of icy pole stick and stick it up their nose as far as they can and then it's over. Then they say, okay, you've got to go home and just wait there probably for 24 hours until you hear the results. Hopefully it's negative. I just wonder if there is a test where we can check our emotional health. We can get a corona test. We can get a test for our heart. We can get a test for so many things. I wonder if we can get an emotional test. And I think probably in this season, you know, emotionally, we probably have been affected by the season, maybe knowingly or unknowingly. And as I was thinking about this this week, I was just thinking, how do I know if I am emotionally okay? And probably on the other hand, how do I know if I'm doing mentally okay? Because everything just kind of creeps up. It comes up by stealth. It's interesting to note that there is no scientific consensus on the definition of emotions. But as I looked in the dictionary, the word emotion means a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationship with others. So there may not be a definition of the word emotions, but we have a meaning of the word emotions. And what it's this, it's a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationship with others. Let's just note, and you know it as well, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist. But I think as we look at healthy emotions, they give us the ability to bounce back after a failure. They also give us meaning when there's a loss or a trial. And also they deny us the urge to think negatively over an extended period that will make you feel unhappy, angry, worried, or anxious. And I think we all kind of look for emotional help. They also can help us combat loneliness or defeating self-behavior. They help us shake off the guilt so that we have the ability to repair a damaged relationship. And as we unfold this a little bit further, Emotionally healthy people, you know, will feel 
sad when a relationship ends. And I don't know about you, but I've had people walk out of my life and it's broken my heart. Some have given me a reason why they've walked out of my life and some I still don't know till this day. So I think those things do affect our emotions. Some people feel angry and anxious about their work situation. They may have been cut back on days or just uncertain about their future. So emotionally healthy people still even feel these things. You will feel the the joy and happiness. You know, maybe a a party, so it's it's all joy. There may be a a birth, and two of my friends this week had babies, and you know, they send you a message, and you're just so happy for them, and it's an emotion, and we express those emotions. You may have had a victory in your life where you've been working on the assignment or you've been working on some issue in your life and all of a sudden you get a breakthrough and there's that elation within your spirit. It's an emotion and they're, they're natural and they're healthy or others when you make a mistake. If you're emotionally healthy, you're a willing to own that and put it right and, and move on to the, the great life that you have, you know. Emotion also is the the sadness of the passing of a loved one. And I believe that in the season of what you're going through in life, I believe it's healthy to acknowledge the emotion that you're experiencing. I believe that emotionally healthy people don't put their head in the sand. They kind of acknowledge the emotion, work with it, and get to the other side of it. There's an interesting scripture and it's found in Job. Job was one of these characters that had everything. He was living the high life. He was blessed. He had every kind of convenience that was available to mankind in those days. But I want to read this to you in Job 1.20 and verse 21. It reads like this. After he heard the message, it says, Then Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his beard, And he fell to the ground and he worshipped. And he said this, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You must admit that if you know the story of Job, he went through unbelievable trauma. He lost his possessions. He lost his wealth, which was in those days his cattle, his sheep, his donkeys, his camels. And then all of his children were having a party and a storm came. The building went down and all of his children were killed. It's amazing how sometimes one bad thing will follow another. Like even sometimes in my car, I'll get a flat battery, then I'll get a flat tire, then something else will happen. That's probably minute in comparison to this, but it's amazing how sometimes one trauma will trigger another. And it says this, because Satan was trying or the devil was trying to do something in Job's life where he would turn his back on God and see his life end up a disaster. In Job 2, 7 and 10, it says, So Satan went from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. 
Can you just imagine the immense pain? I've had a couple of boils in my life and they are very excruciating. But from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every time you walked, every time there was a movement, extreme pain. And pain physically can affect you emotionally. And in all the pain, what he did, he, he found a, a patch of ash and he sits down in the midst of the ashes and he finds a bit of a pottery and he begins to scrape himself and scratch himself to relieve himself of the pain. And then the Bible says, and his wife said to him, why do you still hold fast your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women. He wasn't talking to her as being foolish. He said, you speak as one of the foolish. And he says this, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? Now, let me explain to you what adversity is. It's a difficult or an unpleasant situation. You know, we all like the good. But how do we handle when there's a difficult or unpleasant situation? And then it goes on to say, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. I just want to draw some observations from here. When the crisis happened, he just didn't deny it. It says that he mourned, he grieved, he tore his clothes and he shaved his head which was symbolic of grieving. Then what did he do? He bowed and worshipped the Lord. I want to tell you, if, if you're in a time of grief and mourning, just don't shove it off and think all is okay. Go with what is happening. I believe that grief is a natural response. Even Jesus wept when his good friend Lazarus died. Tears are a relief valve, valve within our life. So he grieved, tore his clothes, shaved his head. He didn't leave it there. There is a time for grief. There is a time for mourning. But you've got to use that to worship God because worship shifts our focus from all the loss and it causes us to focus on God who in that situation can bring healing and can bring a different atmosphere into your life. It's also interesting to note that he didn't blame God. You know, he mourned, he worshipped, and then he blesses God. He says, well, the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Also interesting to note in this scripture that he weighed his words. It says here, in all this, he did not sin with his lips. What does that mean? It means he kept the pain from staying in his heart. You know, in a moment, we can all say things that we say, oh boy, what did, what did I say that for? And I've gone through things in my life and I've blamed God, you know, why did I lose that money? Why did I lose that friendship? And we can, we can blame God, but we just see that Job just weighed his words and he refrained from saying things that he would have to undo in the future. But let me just clarify that, you know, I know that some of us, when we get under pressure, when we get emotionally strained, 
that we can say things we wish we didn't. Hey, God is not surprised. Just go to him, clear the air with God, press on. He's still got plans. He's still got purposes for your life, which brings us on to the next point that Job, he trusted God, had a plan and a purpose for his life. Job 42, 1 and 2 says this, and Job answered the Lord because the Lord was asking him questions. And he says, I know that you can do everything. I believe that's a great confession for each one of us in the midst of whatever we're going through. Make that confession, God, I know that nothing is impossible for you. You can do anything. And then he says this, and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You know, that word purpose means this, what it was made for. And I want to tell you, you have been made with a purpose. And God's purpose for your life cannot be frustrated by God, by circumstances, but by only what we allow to happen within our lives. And God says that I have a purpose for you. I've got a great purpose. And even though adversities come, even though there's the highs and lows of life, he says, my purpose still remains for you, for your marriage, for your personal life, for the church, for your work, no matter what you're facing, God's purpose still remains. Can we say amen to that? You see, there's a good end to the story because Job regulated his emotions and he didn't kind of say, well, this is not happening. No, he accepted that was happening and he processed his emotions, kept his spirit right. And the end story of this is great. God restored to Job double what he had lost. I want to tell you, your story is not over. Don't quit on God. Don't allow wrong attitudes to develop within your spirit. It's not over till it's over. And I've been through so many traumas in my own life. And you just think, man, how is this going to turn out? If you can keep your spirit right, keep your emotions in the right direction, I believe that God will continually bless and outpour His grace upon your life. Just let me give you again just a few things, symptoms of emotional health. Emotional healthy people let themselves experience the feelings because they know they are human. That is even joy and sadness. They are part of who we are. Emotional healthy people accept their emotions rather than denying or fighting them. So people with emotional health, they, they, they maintain optimism during setbacks. If you've lost your job or things not going well in your relational world, optimism means that you are still hopeful. That's all it means, that you're still hopeful. There is still a plan and a purpose. And even through the setbacks, we're going to get through this together. They seek things for which to be grateful. 
And it doesn't matter what we're going through in life. Psalms 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget none of his benefits. And I believe there's always something that we can be thankful for. Thank God for breath. Thank God for food. Thank God for friends. Come on, don't let us just focus on what is not happening. Let us focus on what remains and what is still in our life that God wants to bless and we can be grateful for. Reach out for support when it's needed and just be humble and moldable. To be emotionally healthy means to know what happens to me is different to what happens in me. Things happen. Sometimes we've got no control over it, but we can control how it affects us deep within our spirit. Just for the purpose of this, let's look at symptoms of poor emotional health. Okay, when people have poor emotional health, they become trapped in the negative aspects of life. It just seems like if there's a, a poverty in their emotional world, they just look at the negative. Everything's half empty. It's, it's time of gloom and doom. And I think many times it's not that they don't have the ability, is they don't develop the coping skills and of dealing with hard times and problems within their life. And what happens? We get pulled towards ignoring the positive and all the good things that still exist. Oh man, there's still lots of things that we can thank God for in life. Even in church, even though to me it's really sad that in this season we can't meet together. It's online and it's, you know, our life groups are by Zoom. You know, I just thank God that we can do that. I'd rather meet together, but this is such a great option. And as I said to start off with, I can't wait for us to be back together again. If you're unhealthy emotionally, you feel as though you're alone and unable to get support. Healthy emotionally, you take things out of proportion and you just imagine the worst possible scenarios and outcomes. They feel hated and they want to blame. They fear the changes that may lay ahead within their life, even in this season upon us. And even physically, if you're unhealthy emotionally, you can experience aches and pains throughout your body. You can have frequent headaches, lightheadedness, and even experience digestive problems and weight loss or gain. I want to come to a conclusion. I want to read a scripture and make a comment on it. 3 John 1.4 says this, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. So out of this scripture, I just want to draw a few principles that can help us with our emotional health. Number one is this, you have people that love you and you love them. Here it says here, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love. So, this Gaius, he had someone 
that loved him. And it's interesting that the word Gaius means rejoice, joyful. He was a person that just looked at life and even though things may not be going well, he chose a rejoicing spirit and a rejoicing attitude through it. You see, we can rejoice in everything. We may not be able to rejoice for it, but in the situation, we carry this disposition of welfare and that God is with us in the situation. So this guy, Gaius, he had someone who loved him and he loved them. The next one that says, whom I love in truth. It's great to have people that love you genuinely, not so much for what you can get from them or what they can do for you, but there's a genuine friendship and relationship that no matter what you're going through, they are there with you through the highs and the lows. Genuine relationship. Also, the next bit says this, people who pray with you and for you. He says this, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. That word prosperity means that you will flourish. What does that mean? Flourish in all things. And we look at the word sometimes prosper and we think it's just money. I believe that prospering in all things has to do with your soul, your mental health, your relational world, and the things that make your life strong. And I believe it's good having people to pray for you and you're praying for others that we may prosper. The Word of God says those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. They will prosper in the house of God. And it says, uh, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. Uh, health is a good thing. And then we go to the next part, and the title I want for it is, Your Inner Life Determines Your Outer Life. So we've got people that love us. We love them. We've got genuine relationships. We've got people that pray for us. And then we've got people that are declaring that you may prosper as your soul prospers. Let me say it again. Your inner world determines your outer world. You can't have defeating emotions and thoughts and expect to live a victorious life. I don't want that to be condemning. I want that to be something that you can intentionally get hold of and start to make the changes in your thoughts and emotions to change it. Just as your soul prospers. What is your soul? It's your thoughts. It's your feelings. It's the spirit of your mind. You see, it's not just a mechanism that you have within your head. Your mind, your emotions is a spirit. And if we get that combined with the spirit of God, man, who knows what God will do in our life to lift us higher than we are now. Then in verse 3, it says to be a person that wants to come to emotional health, we are a lover of truth. He says, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I just believe that someone that's walking in truth is not denying what's happening in their life. 
They're hearing what God's saying. They're hearing what their friends are saying. They're, they're listening to healthy advice. And if truth is in you, you begin to walk in that truth. Truth in you, you're a learner. Truth you walk in, you're a doer of that word. And the fourth thing is, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, this is a point. Our health and joy is based in our walk in truth, within ourselves and in the integrity of our life, the realism of our life. See, if you're walking in truth, you're not living in denial. You're not living in fantasy. Your feet are planted. You're not kind of up there with the fairies. You're walking in reality. And let me just go over it again as I bring this to a conclusion. Have good people in your lives that are loving you, that are truthful, that you listen to them. Face the facts of your life. If you're going through a struggling season, hey, admit the facts. Now, what is the roadmap out of it? If I'm grieving, admit the grief. What is the roadmap out of it? I like the word where it says, this is the facts, what's now? And I believe what else is important to us, begin to declare the victory that Jesus Christ has for you. And the last one is, remember this, truth always liberates. It sets you free. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.